Hello, how's it going? Um, I'm not gonna start this one off with uh, with uh, announcements because I'm gonna record two in one night, and this is. Um, but first, um, week two. That's the series title. Uh, this is the second week, and it's titled "Follow Me Part One," and uh, Saturday night. Or two Saturday nights ago now, um, I started this off with some funnies, some little jokey jokes. So I'll uh, I'll give them to you too, so you can get a little giggle in your car or wherever you listen to this. Um, so first joke: What do you call a pile of cats? A mountain. Pretty good. Pretty good. I had a dream that I was a muffler last night. I woke up exhausted. <laughs> Two guys walk into a bar. The third one ducks. <laughs> How do you make a Kleenex dance? Put a little boogie in it. Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, why did the horse give the other horse a glass of water? It was a little horse. <laughs> love it, love it. Um, what is a detective reptile called? An investigator. Pretty good. And last one, my favorite one. What is a gangster horse's favorite song? Watch me whip, watch me nay nay. There you go, there are the jokes. And... Uh, if you didn't laugh, you got no humor. You got no humor, okay? But now to the Jesus stuff, okay? So this series is called But First, and this week's, this week's subtitle is called Follow Me, and this is going to be part one, okay? Um, last week we talked about um, the concept of whatever it takes um, and um, obedience and if we gain nothing, will we and would we still surrender? Okay, so we're continuing this series of But Still with Follow Me. And this is a, this is a kind of a challenging series because we're going to be talking about, and this week we're going to be talking about multiple different passages in Scripture um, with all kind of one theme of Jesus saying, follow me. Um yeah, first I'll tell you a little story. And um, I've always been kind of a trustworthy guy, pretty trustworthy guy. And all my friends trust me in most situations. And one night, probably a couple of years ago, I asked my friends um, that exact question of follow me. So we were all bored and had nothing to do one night, and we were sick of playing um, NHL on PS3 and eating pizza rolls. And I thought of... Um, I knew this abandoned house that my sister told me about and it was kind of creepy and so I brought it up and I said hey guys let's go check this thing out so we load up in in the car and drove to this house and we pulled up and the house was super creepy and I've uh, I've visited this house um, in the daytime before but I've never went at the nighttime so it was extra creepy you pull into this driveway and you're slowly engulfed by trees and weeds and bushes and and 
creaks and whistles of this house that was that's old and abandoned. And I don't know, it was probably midnight or so, probably on Friday the 13th. Just kidding, I don't know the exact date, but it was probably around midnight. And we got out of the car and I said, "All right, follow me. Let's go. Let's go check this out with a trust me kind of tone." And um only four of the six followed me. Um, the other two stayed in the car because they were just like, ah, I don't know about this. So first we walk around the house and, and see if we should bail or not. And there was a pool in the backyard with weeds growing in it instead of water in it. And finally, uh, we went inside and explored with just one flashlight and all huddled around each other. And we ended up having a blast. We explored, we scared each other, and we made a memory that we still talk about today. And frankly, it was probably about seven years ago. The four that followed and trusted me, um, I don't know, we had we, we created a whole nother level of trust and uh, almost a bond just with that story. The two in the car that stayed um, didn't have the trust in me and or any of the others, frankly. And we didn't form that bond that we all shared it to this day. Um, and you know, we didn't know that the house was completely safe. There could have been some kind of animal in there or didn't know what was around the next corner, but we trusted each other. So this message is called Follow Me because Jesus essentially did the same thing with his followers and disciples and is doing the same thing to us today. And sometimes our, our life can feel like an abandoned house, you know, where we never know what's around the next corner and um, maybe even lonely, you know, where we just kind of have this narrow, narrow vision or narrow, uh, what is it, narrow sight because we have just one flashlight. And um, so like I said, there's a lot of scripture about this concept of follow me. So we're just going to go. We're just going to dive into this. And we're going to spend most of our time in uh, Luke chapter 14. I think all of our time. I don't remember. In Luke chapter 14, and we're going to start in verse 25. And yeah, let's read. Um, Luke 14, verse 25 through 27 says, One day, when large groups of people were walking along with him, Jesus... Jesus turned around and told them, Anyone who comes to me but refuses to let go of father, mother, spouse, children, brothers, sisters, yes, even one's own self, can't be my disciple. Anyone who won't shoulder his own cross and follow behind me can't be my disciple. So, pretty harsh, right? I have to leave everything behind. And maybe, maybe that's true. And have have you guys ever heard of this concept called lordship? Because this is what Jesus is talking about, is lordship. Um, in some translations, this, this passage reads, If anyone wants to come to me but doesn't hate their father, mother, spouse, and it's very, it's a lot more harsh than this translation. Um, but this is, lordship is what uh, Jesus is talking about. And let me define lordship in a different way than maybe you've heard it. Um, but the same definition. Think of all the important things in your life, like money, family, God, possessions, 
girlfriends, boyfriends, wives, husbands, house, jobs, friends. Now, and I try to do this exercise often. Now put them in order of uh, most important to least important. And lordship is essentially what or who is your God. So if money is higher on the list than God, then money is your God. Or if family is higher on the list than God, your family is your God. So lordship is a check that if we have, uh, is a check that we have to give ourselves often, is God higher than anything else? So that's what this passage is talking about. Just like last last week's um, podcast of whatever it takes, um, Abraham held God higher than his one and only son um, that he waited for his entire life. It's a deeper surrender to God, where God is God is and should be on the top of our list no matter what. So that's what this passage in Luke is talking about. Anyone who comes to me but refuses to let go of their father, mother, spouse, children, brothers, sisters, yes, even one's own self, can't be my disciple or follower. So let's dig into this a little to this next verse a little more. Anyone who won't shoulder his own cross and follow me, follow behind me can't be my disciple. So what does this mean? Jesus' audience was well aware of what this meant to carry his own cross. Not because they knew what Jesus was going to do and what that cross actually ended up representing to us now, but when the Romans led a criminal to their execution, and Romans because that was the time and that was the, that was the government at that time, when the Romans led a criminal to their execution, he was forced to carry the cross on which he would die. So carrying the cross is essentially to our, to our brains to make this make sense is carry your death sentence, carry your gas chamber, carry your lethal injection kind of thing. This showed the submission to Rome and showed observers to buy in also. So Jesus is essentially asking, why are you following me? This could mean giving up everything. Almost having them reflect on their enthusiasm. Because it says one day large groups of people were gathering and walking along with Jesus. Why and where is your enthusiasm actually coming from? Because this could mean you dying. He, encar- he encouraged the superficial to either go, uh, the superficial followers to either go deeper or go away. And Jesus, following Jesus is more than just something to be a part of. It's the thing to be a part of. And following Jesus means total submission to him and to God's will, perhaps even to the point of death. Right, and this is this is shown and exemplified multiple times in the Bible. John the Baptist, um, Stephen, Jesus, and today with people getting beheaded in other countries. Right, so it's a reality. Gun to your head, kind of kind of thing. Gun to your head, kind of thing. You know. Um, let's keep reading. Luke um, chapter fourteen. Verses 28 through 30. Is there anyone here? Is there anyone here who, planning to build 
a new house doesn't first sit down and figure out the cost so you will know if you can complete it. If you only get the foundation laid and then run out of money, you're going to look pretty foolish. Everyone passing by will poke fun at you. He started something he couldn't finish. So it would be silly. It would be really silly. Silly, huh? It would be very. It would be very silly to start building a house without getting a range of how much it's going to cost and seeing if you can actually finish it. Jesus doesn't want to trick or fool anyone. And saying this, he says, "Hey, this is the cost of following me. Shoulder your cross. It could mean laying everything down. Shoulder your cross. This is the cost. And I don't." want you to get into this kind of thing if you're going to be half-baked or like half a building. And frankly, think of it this way. You build this entire building, okay? It's it's a thousand stories tall, okay? Just envision this with me. It's a silly illustration, but it's actually stuck with me um, pretty significantly. So you build this thousand-story building, Okay, it's really scraping the sky because it's so huge, and you don't count the cost. Okay, you have enough to build the huge building, but you don't have enough to install the elevator. Okay, and frankly, you didn't have enough to put the emergency stairs in in case the elevator fails. Oh, that's a lot of stairs, thousand stories. Ugh, sounds awful. But anyways, you you could only build so you you only could afford so many stairs or so many levels of the elevator. So you have this thousand-story building fully furnished with everything that you could possibly want and desire, but you don't have enough money for the elevator or the stairs. So you get to just walk in the lobby. Yeah, the lobby's pretty cool, but there's so much more above you. Envision that in your Christian walk. You have this eternal and almost, yeah, eternal possibility. It's, in a thousand, it's a thousand story possibility. But you didn't weigh the cost of what this actually means. You thought it was just, okay, I'm saved, so I got into the building. But in reality, yes, I'm so happy you're in the building, but there is a, a thousand more stories that you can experience. Um, not only here on earth, but in heaven also. I'm not, I'm not saying that where there's multiple levels of heaven, because in this next coming podcast we'll talk about that. I'm saying there's one heaven. But on earth now, Jesus is calling us to count the cost of following him. He doesn't want you to be half-baked and saying, hey, I'm all in, and then you're like, oh crap, I could have to give up control of something? Question, will your life only be half-built and then abandoned because you didn't count the cost of committing to Jesus? And what are those costs? Maybe losing social status, losing your wealth, giving up control of your money, control of your time, your career, maybe even being hated or separated from family, or death. And frankly, guys, following Jesus, following Christ, 
isn't a trouble-free life. We have to count the cost. That gun-to-your-head mentality. Hey, it's a big deal. You know, and uh, frankly, I... Ah, this might get me in trouble, but whatever. This, who cares? Frankly, I... People who don't count the cost in Christianity are hurting my testimony. (laughs) You know? Because Christians only have a bad um, rap because some Christians don't count the cost. Christians are often called judgmental and hypocrites and all that kind of stuff. But that's coming from Christians who have messed up and didn't count the cost. Right? Because there are some incredible Christians, and I would like to try to put myself in that category, where I'm sick of getting a bad rap. Because there's a lot of Christianity that is very superficial, and yeah, it's just fire insurance. You know, hey, yeah, I'll believe in Jesus and also I'll believe in Buddha and I'll believe in everything just so I don't have to go to hell and so my bases are covered. And frankly, do you guys know anyone who was a Christian and really isn't anymore? It's definitely because they didn't count the cost. They didn't want to give up their status or their wealth or control or anything. Make sense? Hope so. Let's keep reading. Luke chapter 14, uh, verse 33 to 34. And it reads, simply put, if you're not willing to take what is dearest to you, whether plans or people, and kiss it goodbye, you can't be my disciple. Verse 34. Salt is excellent, but if salt goes flat, it's useless. Good for nothing. Are you listening to this? Really listening. And yeah, you can tell this is the different translation. This is called the message translation. And it's just kind of more laid back. Uh, It's still the Bible, but it's just a little more laid back. Okay? Um, So this is weird. Right? All of a sudden, now we're talking about salt. But let me explain this, because the, the comparison in this is just beautiful. Because I love salt. And I know a lot of people who love salt. And if you don't like salt, you're lying. (laughs) But salt would be pointless without taste, right? Be stupid. Like, I wouldn't put salt on broccoli if it didn't have taste. Because it wouldn't do anything. Broccoli would still taste awful. I put put salt on my broccoli, or broccoli on my salt, rather. um, So it tastes good. So I can stomach it. I love salt, but only because it has taste. Frankly, I love Christians. I only love Christians because they talk about Jesus. Christians are pointless if they don't talk about Jesus. Just like salt can become worthless, Christians become can become worthless if they aren't counting the cost. Salt makes food better. Christians are supposed to make the world better. If we aren't doing what the Father is willing us to do. Right? Just like salt is worthless without making food better, Christians are worthless without making the world better. Very interesting, right? 
So what do we do about this? Well, let's uh, let's see. I'm gonna change to Luke chapter nine, and it's gonna be verses fifty-seven through sixty-two. And here we go. Um, Luke nine fifty-seven. On the road, someone asked if they could go along. I'll go with you wherever, he said. Jesus was curt. Are you ready to rough it? We're not staying in the best inns, you know. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus said to, the, to another, follow me. He replied, certainly. But first, excuse me for a couple of days. Please, I have to make arrangements for my father's funeral. Jesus refused. First things first, your business is life, not death. And life is urgent. Announce God's kingdom. Then another said, I'm ready to follow you, Master, but first excuse me while I get things straightened out at home. Jesus said, no procrastination, no backwards looks. You can't put God's kingdom off till tomorrow. Seize the day. Kind of cool, right? No procrastination, no backwards looks. You can't put the kingdom of heaven off till tomorrow. Follow me, no questions asked. No but firsts. It doesn't say, hey, get right, and then you can follow me. A lot of people's excuses for not coming to church is, ah, oh, I've got to figure my stuff out first. And that's not true. Christianity is not for the healthy. Christianity is for the sick. And if we're real, everybody's sick. You know, I'm a terrible person. I'm still a Christian, but I'm a terrible person. Hey, guess what? You're a terrible person. Sorry but not sorry. We're sick. We're sinners by nature. We need a savior and we need to just submit to him right now. No procrastination, no backwards looks. We can't put the kingdom of heaven off till tomorrow. Because the bottom line is Jesus is saying, follow me to you today, yesterday, tomorrow. <laughs> saying, follow me this is what counts. Hey, make the world better. Make the world better. That's what he's saying to us. Come away with me is what he's saying. It's pretty cool. All we have to do is frankly just do it. I mean, he, ha he has the blueprints for your life and it makes it much easier when you're just in his will. And instead of fighting and fighting and fighting against that, we can just submit to it and because he has our best interest and he knows what's coming. I would love, and I've talked about this multiple times, I would love a bullet point list of what my life is going to be like. You know? We have access to that bullet point list because God has it. God actually designed it. God created it. So, freaking, we should just follow him. He knows what's up. Christians are salt to this world because salt tastes good. Christians are supposed to make the world taste good. Ever wonder why the world's in straight decline right now? Of just like, oh my gosh, this is really happening? It's because Christians have lost their saltiness. They've completely lost their saltiness. You know? No wonder. 
we're called to bring good news to the world. All I hear anymore is bad news. Jimmy Fallon did a thing the other uh, the other day, and I don't even know. I think Andrew posted this on Facebook, um, and he did a thing of asking news reporters to read good news that we'd actually like to hear in the news. And some of them were hilarious. But frickin' our world is covered with bad news after bad news after bad news. Wouldn't it be cool if the news was just telling us good news? That would be awesome. That would be a dream come true. But Christians have to get their saltiness back to make the world better. We have to follow Jesus and what he exactly told us to do. Right? Good. I'm glad you're so on board. Come check us out on Saturdays and um, write us. If you need prayer, please please reach out to us. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. All of those have private messaging if you feel that's fit. And we have an email address called info at the home life with a Y dot org. Cool? Uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. And I'm going to record the next one right now. Peace.